Hi, ladies. My name is Zenovia Bernier, and welcome to this podcast on singleness. I know that many of you listening are single and have never been married. Some of you are single again because of divorce or widowhood. I sure hope that our married sisters are listening as well because it's an opportunity for you to get a peek into our hearts so you can be even better ministers to the single women in your life. I would imagine some of you are quite young and are possibly just beginning to think about what you want out of life, while many of you have been around a little longer. Well, I'm in the latter group of women. I'm 45 years old and I've never been married. I wrote a message on singleness for our Virtue podcast last summer, and this is not a repeat of what I shared last year. So if you haven't listened to last year's podcast, I highly encourage you to do so. Because there's so much that the Lord wants to teach, correct, and encourage us in so that we can glorify Him and live joyful, fruitful lives as single women, no matter if we'll only be single for a short while or until He takes us home. The scripture that the Lord has given us today is Proverbs 4, 20-23. King Solomon is speaking. My child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart, for they bring life to those who find them, and healing to their whole body. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Verse 23 is the main verse I want you to remember. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. This verse is essential for all believers, but for the single woman, it's huge. Because women tend to feel things more easily than men, and we act on our feelings more frequently. And because of that, we often cause ourselves and others undue pain and heartache that could have been avoided if we took the Lord's instruction to guard our hearts above all else more seriously. So let me ask you, have you ever been emotional? Have you ever let your thoughts get carried away or acted in response to how you were feeling? I'm pretty confident that all of you listening would say yes to both of those questions if we were standing face to face. We're all guilty of this. It's part of our sinful human nature. We feel a lot of things, and because of that, we get fooled by a lot of things. We can let our emotions dictate our thoughts, our words, and our actions, and we can end up believing the wrong things about our singleness. I'm sure you've heard singleness described as a season in someone's life. I know I've said that many times before. Well, it's going to sound crazy, but listen very carefully to what I'm going to tell you to do. While singleness is a time in a woman's life, for some a short time and for others a long time, let's try and get away from thinking of singleness as a season. It's a wild thought, I know, but I'm in the process of retraining my thoughts and vocabulary regarding this. So at least for the time being, stop thinking of singleness as a season. Regarding it as such is part of the reason that so many of us single women become impatient when waiting on God to bring us a husband. You see, seasons change, and they're rather consistent. In the summer season, for example, for us here in Southern California, it's going to be hot. We know this. We can expect it every year. And then we have fire season. We have allergy season. They're dependable. But we also know that these seasons will come and go. Singleness is not a season that comes and goes. For those who are struggling with your singleness, fixating on it as a season in your life that you have to get through to get to marriage can give you a false sense of reality about what singleness really is. 
In 1 Corinthians 7, 7 to 9, Paul says, But I wish everyone were single, just as I am. Yet each person has a special gift from God of one kind or another. So I say to those who aren't married and to widows, It's better to stay unmarried, just as I am. But if they can't control themselves, they should go ahead and marry. It's better to marry than to burn with lust. Now, did you catch that in verse 7? Singleness is a special gift from God. Another reason we as single women become discontent with our singleness is because we don't understand that singleness is, in fact, a gift from God. Just as marriage is a gift, singleness is a gift. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. What's the return policy on this gift? Or how do I exchange it for a different gift? And I identify with that to a degree. But that's just our flesh talking. Those types of thoughts are just a reflection of our pride, believing that we know more than God does about what's best for us. Isaiah 55, 8. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. Now, before we continue, I'm fully aware that not all of you are single just because you've never been married. And I know that your divorce that led to your singleness was not a gift. I know that those of you who are widows, your husband's death was not a gift. I'm sensitive to that fact. But just like when you receive a gift from someone and that gift may not have been what you wanted, it doesn't take away the fact that you now have this gift. You know that the one who gave it to you loves you, so you thank them, don't you? The same applies to your singleness now. James 1.17 says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. God loves you. So regardless of how you became single, accept the gift you now have and use it. Every good and perfect gift is from above, and so is your singleness. Now, the only way to truly believe that at all times, and not just on your strong days, but also on your struggling days, is to guard your heart above all else, ladies, for it determines the course of your life. It will determine whether you accept and use your gift given to you by the one who loves you more than life itself. It will determine whether you honor God with your gift. It's a choice to believe what the Bible says about your singleness. Guard your heart because the Bible is worth believing. Choose to believe and guard your heart against all those thoughts of inadequacy and shame. Those thoughts you have when you compare yourself to the married women around you. Against the sadness you feel when you see all those sweet posts on your social media of your friends talking about how wonderful their husbands are. Guard your heart above all else. Commit this verse to memory and apply it to your life, especially to your singleness. You must willfully do this, though. Me telling you isn't enough, and neither is agreeing that it's necessary. You need to actively do this every day. You cannot rely on how strong you are today because there will be those times when you're struggling. And those are the times when we need to be even more guarded because as we already admitted, we don't think the right thoughts when we rely on how we feel. We don't make good decisions. Okay, so now we've clarified singleness is a gift. But I'm certain your desire to be married has not been affected in any way, right? You still have a very real and possibly overwhelming desire to be married. Well, I sure hope so, because God created marriage. I'm not here to convince you to change your desire. I share it with you. 
If you feel a strong desire to be married, that's okay because marriage is good. But here's what you need to understand. If you're so focused on attaining your good, you can become flippant in acknowledging your God. And it can pull you away from him before you even notice it's happening. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. And I understand these desires, ladies. I know I'm walking the same path with you. I know how difficult it can be. I'm certain that Sunday mornings, or for you young adults, possibly Friday evenings, are not always the easiest when you walk into church and see so many couples walking in hand in hand. Nearly every woman my age is married. They have children. Many of them have grandchildren. I'm not a young adult anymore, but I remember how extremely difficult it could be watching all your friends get married around you. You keep getting those save-the-date announcements and bridal shower invitations. And now your social media is inundated with everyone's engagement session photos that always seem to be in some open field or at a secluded area on the beach. Then comes the maternity session photos and the first family photos. You expected to begin that part of your life now, or even before now, so that you can be young enough to have kids and do all the things at the same time as everyone else. You acknowledge that marriage is going to be hard work, but when you've looked at your friends who are married, you might have even thought, even if they have problems from time to time, at least they have somebody. I want to stress to you that this is a dangerous thought to believe. Because it can tempt you to settle for less than God's best for you just so you have somebody. It can tempt you to fall into a depression because you're discontent with your life. It can tempt you to fall into other types of sins like drunkenness, pornography, or having sex outside of marriage, which are all sins according to God's word. Get rid of that thinking, girls. Take your thoughts captive and guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. You hear married women encourage you with the same things time and time again. Trust the Lord. His timing's perfect. The Lord is your husband. He's preparing the perfect husband for you. And you may feel like it's starting to sound cliche. Remember, if the women you've been around have been married for a long time or they got married very young, they may not know what else to say. They're telling you what they've been told or heard others say. But even if it sounds like a broken record at times, and you would be better off if they just prayed for you or with you. Those things that they're saying are true. Proverbs 3, 4 to 5 says you need to trust the Lord. Ecclesiastes 3, 1 tells us his timing is perfect. Isaiah 54, 5 states that God is our husband. And he might just be preparing the man he has for you to marry, though he won't be perfect. I don't know God's will for your life, and there's no verse for it, but it's a nice idea. If you're like me, though, you're going to need a little more than that when you're being lied to by your own thoughts and when your emotions are out of control. And the great news is God has so much more for us. I was thinking about all of the things most women desire out of a relationship, out of marriage, and here are a few of the most common ones. I think you'll be able to recognize something in yourself. You might want to get married because you want someone who will love you. Zephaniah 3.17b says, He will take delight in you with gladness. With his love, he will calm all your fears. He will rejoice over you with joyful songs. You might want to get married because you want to know that you have someone who truly gets you. Psalm 139.1-5 says, O Lord, you have examined my heart and you know everything about me. 
You know when I sit down or stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I'm going to say even before I say it, Lord. You go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. You might want to get married because you want someone who will always be there for you. Psalm 139, 7-10 goes on to say, I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. You might want to get married because you want deep, intimate companionship and friendship with someone. Jesus says in John 15, 13 to 15, There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends since I have told you everything the Father told me. You might want to get married because you don't want to be alone. Deuteronomy 31.8 says, Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord will personally go ahead of you. He will be with you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. You might want to get married so that you can always have someone to talk to, to share your dreams and your heartaches with. 1 Peter 5.7 Give all your worries and cares to God, for He cares about you. Psalm 116.2 Because He bends down to listen. I will pray as long as I have breath. Ladies, all of these desires are normal because God gave us the ability to have them, but He created us in a way that makes it impossible for anyone else besides Him to satisfy these desires. No husband is ever going to fulfill your longing for these things because they were never created to do so. Only God can. Whether or not He brings us a husband is immaterial. These desires will continue to be unfulfilled until we're searching for fulfillment in the Lord and Him alone. We just have to remain focused on the joy of the Lord and not allow impatience or discontentment to become our anthem. We can't allow the lies that the enemy wants us to believe seem believable because they're not. We must choose to reject the validity of any feeling that is not based on what God's Word says about our singleness. And I know it's difficult because these feelings seem to be more intensified on some days and almost non-existent on other days. They can creep up on you when you least expect them. So you have to expect them and be prepared to counter them with God's truth. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. At the end of June, I was in Hawaii. One day I was sitting by myself on a small sandbar on Kauai, just looking at the beautiful water and the waves crashing mostly in front of me. The water was warm and crystal clear, and it was amazing. But even though most of the waves crashed in front of me, the water still came rushing towards me in the shore. Now, we're in Southern California where I live, so I assume that if, if you live here too, you've, you've been to the beach. Once the water reaches the shore, it goes back towards the ocean, but it doesn't always leisurely float back. It can have some intensity to it, so you really have to be aware of the water surrounding you. Well, there's this point where the next wave is coming towards you to break, and the residual water that's headed back towards the sea meet. There came a time where I found myself standing in that exact same spot where this happened. I felt the ocean's pull trying to knock me over, and I felt it from all sides. 
Had I not been watching or had my body not been prepared to stay put and counter the direction of the pull, I would have been knocked over. When the intensity was just a little too strong for me, I just dropped to my knees with a wide stance and I was able to stay securely upright. I'm certain you have felt the pull from all sides. You felt the pressure of maybe your family asking you, when are you going to get married? Are you dating anyone? I want grandchildren before I'm too old. You felt the pull of your friends telling you that you need to get married so you can do couple things and family things with them. You've definitely felt the pull of society that is obsessed with relationships and sex. And you've most likely felt the pull of the church that values marriage and talks about it a lot, as they should. But it can at times make you feel like your singleness makes you less valued, aside from your usefulness and availability in serving. Yeah, you felt it from all sides. You can feel an overwhelming force trying to knock you down with sadness and loneliness. I understand how difficult it can be to stand at times. One minute you're fine, enjoying life, and the next you're just trying to keep yourself from falling. If it gets too overwhelming, girls, drop to your knees and pray. Widen your stance and let those conversations with God keep you securely upright. Now, I mention these external pressures not to magnify them, but because I imagine everyone listening can relate to at least one thing I've said. The only one who will keep you standing when you're feeling that pull to give up is Jesus Christ. The only thing that will keep you from falling is His Word. The Word of God has an answer to counter every false belief you may have about your singleness. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. And remember how I just described the water and the intensity of the pull? All of it was based on feeling. But ladies, we can't trust our own feelings. We've been let down by our feelings before. The Bible tells us in Jeremiah 17, 9, the human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? I'll tell you who really knows. God knows. And the message of the world is to follow your heart. It's in every political and social movement. Girls, this is not what the Bible teaches. Do not follow your heart. Guard it. And not only must you guard it, but the Bible says that you are to guard it above all else. Guard it above the feelings you have about how tired you are of being alone. Guard it above the feelings you have about how much easier it would be to live in society and in the church if you were married. Guard it above the feelings you have about your self-worth because you're not married. Guard it above the feelings you have about the ideal age to get married and the ideal age to start a family. Guard it above the feelings you have about how difficult it is to turn another year older and feel like there's no possible prospects in sight. Guard your heart, girls, above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Your feelings are lying to you. The enemy wants you to wallow in them because that's how he gets to steal your joy as a single woman. Don't give him that satisfaction. Now, I'm not saying not to feel these things because that would be impossible. We will never be perfect or think perfectly. What I am saying, though, is know what to do when these feelings or thoughts enter your mind. It's a choice to believe every thought we think, so guard your heart against the thoughts that are not supported in Scripture. A guard is not the same as an alarm. An alarm will alert you when a threat has breached your safe place. So an alarm is something we all need. 
A guard, however, is always standing, looking out at anything that even approaches your safe place. Even if what's approaching is good, a guard is going to examine it before it can get close to you. A guard will walk where you walk and keep your perimeter safe for you to continue on in the direction you're going. It studies the movements of everyone and everything around you. It moves into position when someone is within arm's reach of you. It makes sure that there is no way anyone can get to you and do you harm. If a threat closes in, it stands in front of you or behind you so that you can't even see the threat. And it's ready to do battle to protect you. Now, you've probably seen famous people with a bodyguard. They always have a strong, muscular, powerful bodyguard, don't they? Well, of course they do, because no threat is going to back off their target if the guard is puny looking. The guard has to be stronger than the threat. And the person who's employed the guard must trust him to allow him or her to only go where it's safe to go. Trust is key in keeping them safe, and the guard will do anything to save their life. The word of God is your guard. It's powerful. Hebrews 4.12 tells us that. The word of God is also true. It's our only source of truth. Psalm 119.160 says, The entirety of his word is truth, and every one of his righteous judgments endures forever. You can trust it, girls. You should trust it. It will save your life. Oftentimes, the biggest threat to joy for the single woman is her own thought life. Think of the Holy Spirit like your alarm, who sounds off when you've allowed some erroneous thought to breach your safe place. So if for any reason a thought that is contrary to what the Word of God says makes its way to your mind, the Holy Spirit is there to alert you of the danger. Ask yourself the question, does this thought reflect what the Word of God says? If not, it's not a thought worth having. It's a lie from the pit of hell. It's the exact opposite of truth. Take it captive. Find out what is true and replace that lie with the truth that comes from the God of truth. That's how you guard your heart. And then get back to finding joy in the Lord. The Bible says in Nehemiah 8.10, the joy of the Lord is my strength. If you're feeling weak, like you just can't spend another day as a single woman, or you're feeling like you're so tired of pretending to be content when in fact it's all a facade to hide your real feelings, I have one thing to ask you. What or who is your source of joy? Because if Jesus is the source, you will be able to live another day with this gift of singleness and actually be thankful to God for it because you know that you know that you know his plans for you are good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. If not, those feelings of discontentment and desperation can eat you alive. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Wouldn't it be something, girls? I mean, wouldn't it be absolutely life-changing. If you were so wrapped up in the joy of the Lord that even if you were to get married, your wedding day, as wonderful as it would be, doesn't compare to the joy and satisfaction that you have as a daughter of the King because your source of joy is coming from exactly where it should be. And then immediately after the wedding, you confirm that true joy had absolutely nothing to do with the I do's, but everything to do with what Jesus did. What a blessing it would be to the God who loves you so much that he sent his only son to die on a cross to save you. And what an extraordinary witness it would be to those around you who don't know Jesus. 
to know that even if you find the love of your life, it can never compare to you finding the lover of your soul. I know it's easier said than done, but shouldn't it at least be our prayer and our purpose? Ladies, your singleness is a gift. Have you taken the time to unwrap it? The Word of God is your instruction manual on how to use your gift in a way that honors Him, brings you joy, and blesses others. Psalm 16, 8-9a I know the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken, for He is right beside me. No wonder my heart is glad and I rejoice. Ladies, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. And it's the only way to make sure that you're on the course where Jesus is leading. God bless you, girls.